The App Guide podcast is brought to you by Gummy Cube. Are you ranking for the right keywords? Can users actually find your app through search? Well, ranking for the right keywords is where Gummy Cube can help you. Go and check them out, gummycube.com. Get advice from the experts, and they will look after you if you mention the App Guide podcast and Paul Kemp. Gummycube.com, thanks for being such a great supporter of the show. And by Newmob, N-E-U-M-O-B. Newmob makes sure your apps have faster load times and better performance. Newmob helps app developers keep their existing users and drive maximum revenues anywhere in the world. Go to newmob.com. That's N-E-U-M-O-B.com. Hello, uh, my name is Sefi Shapira. I am the founder and CEO of EscapeX, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the app guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. Uh, it's Paul Kemp. Now, many of you may not know, but I actually have been running and occasionally do a hobby podcast called the Entrepreneur Dad Podcast. And that's how I first discovered our guest today, we uh, had a great a great chat for that podcast, and since then, I've been following his journey. He's even more crazy than me. He's interviewed hundreds of <laughs> founders, hundreds, and he is the author of The Successful Mistake. He is Matthew Turner. Matthew, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Paul, welcome, man. So good to be here. And yes, I remember that first interview we did all about entrepreneurship and dadhood. An amazing time. It's been it's crazy to think how the journey has unraveled since then. I, I mean, I was still interviewing people during that stage. I know. So for everyone listening then, the successful mistake, the reason it's relevant is we often on this show talk about the mistakes that we are making. We're learning from them. And you have interviewed hundreds of founders and learned about these mistakes. Let's focus on the entrepreneurs in your the interviews. What have you gleaned then that you can teach the audience about uh, the big mistakes that are happening and often occur? Yeah, absolutely. Well, like you say, the success mistake, I interviewed 163 successful thought leaders, authority figures, founders, entrepreneurs of all kinds of life, including folk who have been involved in apps or are involved in apps now. So I've had an array of stories and it's all about just trying to put a new outlook on your mistakes and your failure and, 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 and appreciate that they can become good things as long as you follow a certain set of rules and you have this outlook that you can turn a bad time into a good one. And I always remember the one particular type of um, interview that I did with a guy called Brian Foley of Body Truck. Now, I don't know if you've heard of Body Truck, but it's an app, a very Uber-esque type app, which connects people with trucks with those who don't have trucks. So chances are, if you're listening, I know it sounds Uber, very Uber simple. Uber for trucks. Uber for trucks. It's so simple, but so genius. I remember when I was speaking to Brian, I was like, how has nobody thought about this before? And it's amazing. I love it. And um, the reason is because everyone like moves house from time to time or moves apartment and drive, and sometimes you don't need like the full you know, moving equipment. You don't need the rental van. You don't need all the ins and outs. So what Buddy Truck does is it just connects someone in your local area who has a truck and it means that you can borrow their truck or you can hire them to help you move your bed or your mattress. I remember when I last moved house, I didn't need to use a truck for anything except just getting the mattress over. 
luckily I had a friend who I was able to um, borrow a van, but otherwise I've had to hire a rental truck just for something that, uh, that small. So, so yeah, it's um, an amazing idea. And I remember speaking to Brian thinking, this is a genius idea. It was sure to, you know, just start off life in a great manner. But he told me all about his great mistake and his failure. And I imagine it's something that happens a great deal with app founders in particular. Now, you know apps far better than me, Paul, but I imagine those who sell fat apps tend to fit in one of two categories. They tend to be the technical person who likes to actually make the app, or they maybe are of a more entrepreneurial mindset. They have a great idea, but they need to outsource or bring someone else on board to take their idea into reality. I mean, is that right? That is true. Yeah, mostly those two camps. Yeah, so what, he, he, he was one of those two camps then. He was one of those two camps. He and his couple of co-founders, they were all of the entrepreneurial, really good at sales, really good at marketing. They didn't have enough technical expertise between them to build this app. They had the idea. They, they had a little bit of skill set. They knew the ins and outs, but not enough to get this app because it's quite a complex one, as I'm sure you can imagine. So they didn't have enough. So they had to outsource it. They had to bring in you know, a different company to come in and, and do a lot of the build. But let's go right straight to the point where what was the big thing then? Did he lose a lot of money or? That's it. That's kind of the, the big end all because they weren't able to get their idea across to these, these technical people. They had this idea in their head. They had this great idea between the, the co-founders and everyone who they shared the idea with. It sounded great, but they weren't able to quite get their idea across to those building the app. So they found themselves wasting time. They found themselves losing money. But worst of all, they were, they ended up with a subpar app, an app that they just didn't like, an app that didn't do what it needed to do. And for a long time, they blamed the technical team. They figured that it was their fault. They had an idea. It was a great idea. Everyone loved it, but these guys weren't able to build it. And for, they played the blame game, which I've learned during the process of a successful mistake is a terrible thing to do. And they just, um, they yeah, they kind of placed the blame onto them. But after a while, they realized, actually, it's not their fault. It's our fault. We haven't learned how to articulate our vision, our dream, the purpose of this app and the idea enough where we're able to tell someone who's going to be involved in the team to get them to make it. If we can't do that for the technical team, how can we expect to be able to articulate this properly to our audience through things like adverts and social media. But worse than all that, it also brought certain disparity between the co-founders. They realized they had this great idea, but they didn't properly understand the vision themselves. So their grandest mistake surrounded all this idea of inner communication between themselves, understanding the idea of enough themselves, like personally, not just between the co-founders, but themselves. And then to an extent where they're able to involve other team members, which leads eventually to your audience. And communication is such a key part of any sort of business. But I, I found that when interviewing people who were building software, building apps, because there's a lot of moving parts, and because there's both the technical build and then the selling of the end product, communication is such a key ingredient. And if you get it wrong, either externally to your suppliers, your customers, and so on, or internally with your team members or people who you hire on board, it can be a big, big thing indeed. Let's learn from you then what happened. I mean, I love stories. And so did the they all fall out? And uh, do you know roughly how much they lost? 
No, but I mean, it cost them money. We didn't kind of go into the specifics. I can't remember off the top of my head any of the specifics, but you're talking, you know, in the, in the thousands, definitely. I mean, this is quite a big bat, bat build. And these were, you know, friends, um, just fresh out of college, very young bunch. So any amount of money is a lot of money when you're that age. So they lost significant sums of money and they certainly didn't intend to lose that kind of money. They had an idea. They figured it was going to cost X amount to get it built. And that would be it. I love this, Matthew. The reason why is that we love to do the genuine show on this podcast where we get to the truth because there's yeah. so many stories of success. And yet here's some guys with a vision. They've lost a load of money and they've, I guess, started to fall out. But I'm guessing now there's a silver lining to your story. Oh, absolutely. They realized that they didn't understand their idea enough to be able to articulate it. So it brought them closer together as a team. It helped them personally understand what their dream and their purpose and what they wanted to achieve with this app. It also gave them this idea that, okay, we aren't the technical guys. We're a bunch of founders. We've got, we know how to sell it. We know how to bring partners involved, but we need to outsource it. And this one app idea may lead to another app idea. So we don't necessarily need to know all the ins and outs how to build an app, but we need to know, know enough. So they took classes, they took courses, they learned how to get enough information, not to a point where they could build it themselves, but so they were able to have real conversations with these people who they brought on board to do the technical side of things, which again links in with this idea of communication, because you need to be able to articulate your idea, your dream, your purpose with those who are going to build it. So it helps if you've got a certain amount of knowledge in terms of expertise. And this works the other way around. If you're a technical person and you know exactly how the app is going to work, to an extent you need to know how to speak the marketing language, the sales language, because you can't sell your technical app idea to a customer. They want to know how it works in the end user. And if you're always going into all the technical specifications, the message is going to be lost on them. So this idea of communication of not knowing everything, but having enough pieces of the puzzle to be able to, well, build the puzzle, bring it all together. It's an important thing, whether you're on the technical side of things or on the non-technical side of things. And they learned this the hard way. It cost them money, it cost them time, it cost them hardship, but they were able to then take a step back and go, okay, let's better appreciate and understand what our idea is. And then let's learn how to speak to these developers because that will help us get our point across. And what they told me in the interview, Brian said, it was fantastic because going through this process helped us appreciate everything so much better. And we came out with a far better app than we could have ever, ever envisioned. So if these technical people had have created a, you know, on-par app rather than a sub-par app, they still would be in a worse position than what they are today. Because going through this process, although difficult at the time, helped them take a good idea into a great one. So let me thank my fantastic sponsor, GummyCube. GummyCube are the world's experts when it comes to app store optimization. Now, I want you to think about how hard it is to convert potential users of your app if they're not even finding you. I mean, app store optimization should be the starting point for any app. I mean, it's no point in having the world's best app if, if no one can actually find you in the app store. So you need to be thinking about app store optimization, which covers keywords, description, screenshots, icon. They will help you with this. They are gathering a lot of data from the app stores and they are enabling app developers to just have their apps discovered by appearing higher up in the app stores, both for search and for the charts. 
So to go and check them out, go to www.gummycube.com. That's www.gummycube.com. And I want to thank Gummy Cube for just continuing to be such an awesome sponsor of the show. NewMob is the leader in app acceleration for a mobile-first world. The NewMob Accelerator SDK speeds up load times, reliability, and performance of mobile apps anywhere in the world, helping app developers keep their hard-won users and drive maximum revenues. The company's innovative mobile-first infrastructure and global presence combine to accelerate mobile app performance by two to 10 times, whether the app users are hyper-local in one city or located around the world. Developers simply install two lines of code into their app and instantly gain access to NewMob's world-class global app acceleration network. For businesses, they need to deliver mobile apps to their users faster, more reliable, and more securely to any targeted mobile audience or any network, NewMob is the answer. Better still, startup app developers can speed up their apps for free by signing up at newmob.com. So that's N-E-U-M-O-B.com, newmob.com. And thanks very much to NewMob for sponsoring the show. So there's two more things then, Matthew, before we say goodbye to you. One, I mean, you've interviewed a lot and people listening to this podcast right now, I think sometimes feel that they haven't uh, achieved uh, what they would hope to. Um, and this just for example, I, I was just received an email from somebody who showed me uh, Tim Ferriss's numbers on his podcast. And I think it was like 60 million downloads or something ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, we all get this inferiority complex about what we're achieving. To help us, Matthew, what's been the biggest mistake out of all the people you found? What has been the one that has led to the biggest loss, maybe monetary or something like along those lines. Tell us a story about the biggest loss from your founder interviews. There's been some big ones. I've spoken to people and we're talking about, you know, millions. And I, I spoke to people who literally lost it all. I'll, I'll quickly mention someone who those listening may know of because he's quite a big authoritative figure in the online world and a very respectful author called Dan Miller the main man at 48 days. And he told me about back when he was in the brick and mortar world, had a lot of success for a long time, very good in sales, very good at creating businesses. And he got into a gym business because he saw a good bottom line. And long story short, it went down a bad route and he lost it all in terms of owing the IRS. I think it was around about $480,000. But then he had Debt on top of that too. So he literally went from, you know, having a successful and quite thriving lifestyle to losing it all, you know, lead, nearly losing his house. And he should have probably taken bankruptcy, but he didn't because he wanted to pay back those he owed money to, which I think makes him one of the sort of braver and more inspirational persons I've met. So in, whether that's the most money that has been lost, I don't know. It wasn't, if I'm being honest, but I don't think amounts were always important. It's the effect that it has on your life. And that had a huge effect on Dan's life because well, it cost his livelihood. But to just bring it back on something that I think more relevant to your audience, because they, well, you are app lovers, you chances are have heard of FreshBooks. They've got a great app themselves. They're a fantastic cloud accountancy company. And I remember speaking to Mike McDermott, the CEO, and he told me about implementing some software into his business. And they did it a bit too soon. They went full hog. And they didn't really need to, and they didn't appreciate how to use this tool to the best of their ability. They ended up wasting time and money. And it added up to around about $1.5 million of like lost money. 
And luckily, they had some talented people on their team where they were able to replicate a lot of what this app did in-house, only use what they needed. And they were able to get something far more appropriate for them at that time. Whether they were able to keep that going forward is another question, but it's all about using the tools that are right for you in the here and now rather than whatever's cool or whatever's you know going to help you get there in 10 years' time. And that was a lot of money. That was like 1.5 million. But again, I loved Mike's output on it because he was like, you know, sometimes you just need to make those mistakes to truly understand it yourself. Like you can't always avoid them. And he had a fantastic outlook because he knew that those mistakes made then help them have a better understanding of money and value and making sure that they use the right tools for the right job at the right time. And I think, again, that's something very appropriate to online entrepreneurs and app entrepreneurs and people who are making things for the digital world, because there's always another tool you can use. There's always something extra you can add to it. You can always go a little bit further. But the question that needs to be asked is, should you? Because otherwise, you can waste a lot of money. And it's not like Mike and the FreshBooks team lost 1.5 million overnight. This is something that went for months, months. And I remember speaking to him and saying, you just never know when to pull the trigger because you think if we pull the trigger now, if we cut our losses, we won't be able to turn it around. Like that's just 600,000 lost or 700,000 or a million or 1.5 million. Whereas if you just go a little bit further, maybe you can make it worth your while and, you know, get a return on your investment. So it's a difficult line between when to pull the trigger and when not to. Well, Matthew, you reminded me of some great chats I've had as well. And so for everyone who is listening, if you're liking this theme, then uh, you may want to go back and search the App Guide podcast for my chat with Danny Inney, who paid off 250 grand's worth of debt when uh, he then built his million dollar business. And also Francis Pedraza, who I think actually was losing a million dollars a month. I think he ended up losing quite a few million in the app that he launched called Everest, but that was investor money. So um, both, both Danny and Francis are involved in the book. Yeah. There you and, go. <laughs> yeah. We, we are like man. And yeah, Francis actually told me about the same. Um, was right. He was telling me about how he raised like over 1 million in one year, but they were spending it faster than they could make it. And it goes to show yeah. how money can be quite a, a, a sort of tricky customer because even though you're making a lot of money, if you're spending more than you're bringing in, then it becomes somewhat worthless. And that leads me on to then working out how we can help you the most. Uh, have you got any crowdfunding uh, campaigns that we can help with? What should we do to help you with this successful mistake book? Do you know what? The best thing you can do right now is to just support the book, check it out, See if it's something that you would like. And if you feel that it's something your audience or your friends would like to share the love. I've created a bit of a guide, which I feel like is a very nice introduction into the book and provides a good outlook. It's called 11 Things You Do Not Want to Do If You Wish to Be Successful. It's a free guide you can just download. Once you get that guide, you'll have a greater understanding of the book. I'll also send you more messages about the book itself and give you an opportunity to just get samples of a book and see whether it's a good fit for you. You can check it out at successmistake.com forward slash guide. I want this book to touch the lives of those who need it. So if you check it out, you like the sample, you like the, the cut of the cloth, read it, share the love, get it out there, help me spread the word far and wide. If it's not the kind of thing that's going to help you, hey, no worries. There's plenty of other books out there, but it's a book I am very passionate about. I know you've been an amazing support figure, Paul. I cannot wait to share it with you. And for the most part, I just hope it's going to change some lives, and I, I believe it will. That's wonderful. And did you manage to keep me in it, by the way, Matthew? <laughs> well, everyone features in it. 
Everyone features in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great thing. I haven't been able to share all the stories within there because otherwise it would just be a book full of case studies. But at the end of every little subchapter, I've kind of got a little thing of like inspired by the stories from and every single person. I like, I checked it the other day and I was like, I wonder if I didn't add anyone's name. And I didn't do that purposely. I was like, I've just been adding people's names. I've gone along and I checked every single person that appears in terms of inspiration. Like helped me create a particular chapter. Everyone features in the book, which goes to show just how valuable every single interview has been. But they've touched my lives. They've inspired me to write a lot of book, like not just the book, but create a lot of content that aligns with the book. And you, you've played a part, man. I'm, I'm so, so thankful. Uh, you know, we have met, and you know, it's it's quite timely our chat because I have been speaking to a lot of founders, entrepreneurs who are taking me up on a service that I've partnered with uh, for writing your own book. Um, so for anyone who's interested in that, they should reach out to me. But how has it changed? This is the final thing. How has it changed your life uh, being an author, a published book? Give us a, a sense of the impact that it's had on opening doors uh, f- for other things that you're doing. Being able to share my, my ideas and my words is like the world to me. It's how I express myself. Some people have art and some people are better at speaking than others. Like writing is that for me. I, I love it. I, uh, it. It means the world to me. I couldn't imagine a life without it. In terms of what being an author leads to, it, it opens up doors. Like if a successful mistake can even hit half the heights, but I hope it will, and I'm planning on doing so, it's going to open up opportunities for speaking more networking, meeting new people, setting up new partnerships, collaborations. I'm taking what appears in the book into the corporate world, doing workshops, doing training sessions. There's so many avenues. Like the, the world that I'm creating around the success mistake is insane. The success mistake in terms of the grand scheme of things plays a relatively small role in everything. A very important role because without it, there wouldn't be anything. You know, it is the catalyst. It is the core. But it plays quite a small role in terms of everything that's being created. And it's, it's incredible to think just how many doors a book like this opens up. But you need to always think it's not just about writing a book. In the same way as it's not just about creating a podcast or creating any kind of content. It's always like, how can I repurpose this? How can I touch more lives? Because where some people want to read a book, others need that more one-on-one access. And if you can provide something that is repurposed and touches different people in a way that affects them, that is when you've got to get it figured out. Yeah, I remember chatting recently to Aaron Scott, the author of Predictable Revenue, and uh, he said that book will save someone $100 million, and I believed him. So uh, the thought of um, sharing your knowledge like this is so handy. Um, it's great. This is episode 460. So uh, for those listening, go to theappguide.co and uh, get links to Matthew. And uh, just out of interest, how can people connect with you, Matthew? What's the best way of getting in touch? If they want to um, learn more about me, turndog.co. And hey, I am an open book as well as just writing them. So if you ever want to email me, matt at turndog.co, you can check me out on Twitter or Facebook. Just search for me. I would love to hear any questions. So if you're listening to this and you've got a question about something, please get in touch. I'm more than happy to answer any and all questions. And if you want to learn more about the book, like I say, successfulmistake.com forward slash guide is a good place to start. And yeah, between all those bits, you'll know everything you need to know about me. And then we can kickstart a relationship and who knows, some good magic can work its way. (laughs) 
Great. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Matthew, for coming on the App Guy podcast and uh, all the best with the, the book. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure, guys. Cheers. So remember to go and check out www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com, who are the world's best app store optimization company. And I highly recommend using them to improve the optimization of your apps and help them get discovered in the app store and use their algorithms and their data cube from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So www.gummycube.com and thanks to GummyCube for being such a great supporter of this show. Thanks to our sponsor, Numop, who provides app acceleration for the mobile-first world that we all live in. Startup app owners and developers are invited to accelerate their Android and iOS apps for free and see just how much better their apps load and perform using Numop. Check it out at numob.com. That's N-E-U-M-O-B.com.